0: Commanders, and welcome to episode 261 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defia, hey Chief Archivist at Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Side Winder Bar for this episode, we have our Chief Bar Steward doing the tech. That's Commander Psycho Cal. Good evening. We have our uh, Lavian Space Programme Director, Commander Kergel. Hey, good evening. We have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine. What up? We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Idler That's Ben Woodward.
1: It's a bit windy in here.
0: And joining us, we have um, him of the Bucky Ball, the Ballers, that's um, Commander Alec Turner. Howdy doody. And of course, him of the gravelly low voice, Commander Obsidian And What's going on? If you wish, you can join us live. We are actually hanging out in-game, in-open, around Lave Station. Um including me for once but if you can't get to us in game you can join us at the twitch chat channel which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat and then also at twitch tv slash laveradio so what we'll do is as usual quickly go around the team see how they've been for the last week uh, and and then get on with it so commander psycho cow how have you been
2: um i've been yeah all right um well over that cold, finally. Thank goodness for that. Uh, we've been, well, Craig, have been working on our quizzes on our Friday night. If you're part of the pub quizzes or you've joined uh, through karumba's uh, victorious stream uh, team that they brought in on Friday and uh, held the lead for the majority of the quiz, it was quite close. So yeah, been enjoying doing the the quiz and getting the questions in and, and messing them up. I think the Night Rider question will be forever for. Ever um, in history of bad mistakes, yeah, you we know, lame this TV theme, and it's like doo-doo-doo. Then it goes, and it goes into this wonderful trombone. It goes ba 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 ba. And if you know your TV themes, you know that that, of course, is not Knight Rider.
0: No, that that doesn't sound like Night Rider at all.
2: No, it's a bizarre trombone part that they put into the Incredible Hulk theme. And um, yeah, sometimes you, clearly, when you're entering questions you make mistakes and that was one of mine. So I apologise to all people who were affected and we put up a helpline at the end of the show just in case anybody required additional support from a professional nature. Um, other than that, um, oh, crikey, I don't know. I've not played a... Ma- as you can see I'm still downloading yesterday's patch... Um, it's already failed once on me so that's the first time I've ever had a patch fail so interesting times ahead for me but I'll I'll keep it going throughout tonight and uh, hopefully I'll get back into game um, soon
0: soon, fine TM um, okay, come on to Souverine
2: uh, I have
3: had a I suppose I've had a cinema themed week this last week I went to, um, last Wednesday I um, went across to um, to Didcot to see a mate who lives there, and um, she and I went to see It Chapter 2, which was good fun. Um, basically, I just view the cinema as an excuse to eat popcorn these days. Um, because I bloody love popcorn, and lots of films are quite disappointing. Um, and It was a bit disappointing as well. Um, it's alright. It's pretty good. Uh, it's just a bit... The book is one of my favourite books of all time, so I, I was... Um, and I, I thought... Chapter one was brilliant, um, but uh, chapter two I thought was a little bit weaker. Because uh, I kind of feel like the the '80s storyline in the book is kind of a framing mechanism for all the stuff that's set in the '50s, and having an entire film based based around the stuff that takes place in the '80s sort of feels a bit desperate. Um, and then uh, a pretty quiet weekend. Went to see Ad Astra on Sunday with the Suvette, um And um, has anybody else seen that yet?
1: I haven't, but it's on my
3: list. Is it worth going to see? I don't know. Yes, it is. It's really flawed. Um, It's it's a little bit interstellar. It's a little bit 2001. Uh, The plotting's weird. It doesn't really know what it is. If you watch the trailers, it kind of looks like an action film. But actually, when you watch it, it's more like a drama that has action scenes sort of weirdly crowbarred into it. Um, It's pretty good. It was worth... My local cinema is um, £5 per ticket. That's not bad. Uh, So it was definitely... I know it's bloody brilliant, best cinema in London. Um, so, um, so it was definitely worth that. Um, and apart from that, I've just been working, so pretty dull.
0: Right. Well, uh, I, I guess that goes for all of us, really. Um, oh, Ben, how have you been for the last week?
1: Um, yeah, I've been okay. Uh, what have I been up to? Um, I've actually I've been playing a lot of Elite actually. The, the past week, I've been helping my brother out who's just come in, back into the game not my brother my brother-in-law sorry i was gonna say i'm pretty
3: sure like <laughs> it must be just this giant family of um moss woodwoods who all play elite
1: <laughs> yeah so my brother-in-law's just come back into the game and so i, I was helping him out um we did the you know d- he did the new player experience thing and then into the into the newbie area and i was like i really can't help you until you get out of there sorry mate when you said you
4: got all these family members, I sort of had this image of like the Waltons or the Alaskan bush people or something <laughs> like that. <laughs>
3: all
1: playing, all playing elite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to get the squadron numbers up somehow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's what I've been actually up to, and we've been having a blast because we were we started out doing some wing trading missions and things like that, and then <laughs> we went over to the Shan system to pay our tithe to him and we fought off some nasty horrible criminals in some of his some of his rings
0: okay <laughs> moving on before we get into innuendo <laughs> station <laughs> commander Shan. how have you been
4: well talking about my so-called system professor palin still hasn't paid his rent from the moon i discovered that he's now living on um so yeah i need to have words with him and maybe him somewhere um let me see. Out of game. haven't really been doing that much, really. It's been quite a quiet weekend. We did pop off to um, Milton Keynes on Saturday to make the most of the weather. And uh, they have a Lego shop there.
1: And you went to Milton Keynes? <laughs> I was going to
3: say, when did, that, when did Milton Keynes become a classic seaside destination? <laughs> well, it's,
4: it's an hour and a half to the seaside from anywhere else. But anyway, inside the Lego shop, they had the new 650 quid Lego Star Destroyer.
0: Ooh.
4: Which, which is absolutely immense. And they had another um, the perfect Millennium Vulcan one, you know, the really super detailed one for another 650 quid. Wow. So I I, I tried, I tried to persuade Mrs. Shan to let me buy the Star Destroyer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it wouldn't work because she said <laughs> she said, how can we afford £650 pounds on a Star Destroyer? And I said, well what you do, you buy two you buy one to make and you buy the other one to keep in a box for three or four years. And those be worth like mm. three or 4,000 pounds. Really good point. But she didn't go for it. She says, you want, you want, you want us to spend 650 quid extra on something you're not going to pay back for three or four years. And I went, yeah. And she goes, nah. I said, there's a Lego star destroyer. Don't care. So Yeah. She, <laughs> want, she wanted to waste it on food. Can you believe it?
0: Ridiculous. Yes, um, I'll I'll, I'll I'll talk to you about star destroyers in a minute, Shan. Um, Commander Kurgle,
5: how have you been? Hey, yeah, I've a good week. Uh, like Ben, I've been playing a fair bit of Elite rather than studying, so that's been fun. Um, mostly prodding bits of the game to see how little effort I can put in to get arcs out. It's been actually been quite fun.
0: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll also welcome uh, Commander Turner. Alec, how have you been for the last week?
6: I've been good, actually. I've been away. I've missed all the update um, excitement. So I was away in Devon at this incredible hotel called the Manor House, which.
1: See, Shan, that's where you want to go when you've got nice weather.
6: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, the thing Not Milton Well,
1: the thing was, though, Mrs.
4: Shan and the mini Shans. Um, they have this boot camp hardcore fitness thing in the morning. So I had to stay I had to stay and um, wait for them to turn up. So we
0: couldn't really go anywhere like that. You
1: couldn't make the rocket uh-huh.
0: Gentlemen, you are interrupting our guest.
1: Come <laughs> right. on, Alec, like. carry right.
0: on, please.
6: I was telling you about this fab hotel, which is dirt cheap and it has like <laughs> hundreds of tennis courts, hundreds of full size snooker tables, 10 pin bowling alleys uh woodworking facilities pottery facilities bars all three meals all three it's awesome highly recommend it
4: is it is it wow. her majesty's
6: <laughs> well if it is it's jolly nice I, I highly recommend it
0: um and it's called the manor House. yeah it's called the manor House. it's not been going to the uh, uh, to the interstellar factors enough has he
6: <laughs> <laughs> and in game i've been what well, i've been doing in game there's a new um, there's a new standing buckyball challenge called the iron bucky which is a three-stage race involving SRV and then flying a ship round stations in and out of the bubble. And you have to do the whole thing without repairs. So um, jolly challenging. I've just managed to get my first complete run this morning, which is good fun.
3: If you wanted to do, if you wanted to make it a real, real mm. bucky, you should stipulate that people have to be drinking buck fast <laughs> for the entirety of the race, oh, and preferably three hours before. I like it. Well. I'm up for that. Yeah,
0: let's do that. Oh, thank you. And um, Obsidian Ant, how have you been...
7: I've been making the best of the really nice weather. You know, I can't believe this time of year we had like so many days in a row of cloudy sky. So uh, I think it was Saturday or Friday, went down to Folkestone. Got a reasonably nice beach there, but they've also got a really great uh, hobby store there called Chaos Cards. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Uh, they do a little of Warhammer stuff there and uh, Magic the Gathering. <clears throat> got pretty big discounts. And just like Shan, going in the shop and, all these wonderful toys there and they're super expensive sort of like a uh, hundred pounds for a box of plastic sprues with little models attached to them <laughs> and trying to tried to convince everyone that oh, i just want to pick up one of them exactly the same they're limited life supply so you keep hold of them and eventually they're going to be worth three or four times the price
0: Bathroom <laughs> uh, oh, grant says there isn't one
2: there's a bathroom, just to clarify. that It's a bathroom still. The bathroom is still there. Um, but there's not an update. Actually, the, the update is that uh, my son, who worked at McDonald's up until a week ago, will be joining us at the beginning of next month with the sole purpose of getting this job done. Oh. So that's going to be interesting. And yesterday, yeah, I said goodbye to my, my only other son now, because everybody's now, they're all adults. I've got no kids anymore. He turned 18 yesterday.
4: It doesn't matter, how You'll never be free of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god I know I've already had to spend the entire last night taxiing
0: yeah the uh, dad's taxi uh... never ends as i am discovering constantly well let's see um apart from playing a bit of elite and Almost <clears throat> guy the um <laughs> uh, i have been getting my alt up and ready to start doing a bit of bit of power play because i've decided that this alt is going to be my power play alt <laughs> and she need and and in order to get that up and running she needs a decent ship so it's going to be a case of stick the cobra mark 3 for a little while then go uh mining until i get something decent (laughs) uh apart from that well i I came off my bike today Uh, that was fun yes oh no yeah basically i clipped a i clipped a fence and went into a bramble bush with nettles so yay i'm 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 is it on video (laughs) um no, but I think the school kids across the road were actually um wetting their pants laughing.
3: <laughs> Falling off your bike in front of people is just one of the worst things, isn't it? Yeah,
0: especially when you end up. Oh, yes, but not as bad as Commander Fletch, who actually made the BBC News.
2: What did Fletch do?
0: <laughs> Was he cycling through a through a it's, massive
2: puddle? No, or did he... It's not that at all, no. His car's floating in the middle. <laughs> is that Fletch's car? The silver one,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the, Grant, if you got the link handy, I'll chuck it in Twitch
2: chat for people. It, oh, it, it, okay, hold on. Let, let me, let me, it's on It's just it, 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 for a while. He was actually the um, the mini news icon when you shared the link. <laughs> Hello, brilliant. To it. Um, but they've changed that since to try and get sympathy because obviously all they got was abuse. Um, let me. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the um. link for you. Um, it was uh, did, was it, was it a clip of him actually driving
0: it at the water and then stalling.
2: Well, you know what makes it even even worse uh, for the poor <laughs> poor guy is the fact that um, not only did he his picture uh, make it to the page. If you look here, here's here's the BBC website. That is his car, but there are, uh, there are tweets of um, videos of his car being rescued. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we scroll down all this oh. wonderful weather and you see all these later <laughs> and there was another wonderful picture uh, that showed the two lanes of traffic stopped in this one poor wee silver car floating and bobbing away um, <laughs> again that was poor Fletch there he is there he said he was doing fine a <laughs> truck went past then it just kind of floated him out <laughs> a bit further <laughs> our, our, our thoughts so nice. with you Fletch just a little bit mostly our laughter
0: but you know, thank goodness it was you, not somebody else. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I must admit, it's it's been an interesting swim mm. to work at the moment, especially in Manchester. All over, I think. So moving quickly on, well, obviously there's been an awful lot um, happening in the last week, both in the community and and obviously with the patching uh, going on. So. Uh, there's two things to mention uh, from left over from last week's show. First thing to mention is that, uh, and we'll probably go into this in more detail. Uh, we were under the impression last week that you, we were not go- you were going to be able to purchase arcs or deal with the store just from the main menu. Turns out that was wrong, and we'll be probably talking about that in, in greater detail. And also the the initial analysis we did, although um, I've been reliably informed we weren't off the mark by that much, Uh, we got the prices wrong. They they actually released a new set of prices about an hour before the show, and we didn't have time to redo them. So moving on from that, obviously we've got September update patch one, which I do believe Grant is still trying to download. It took me about three hours to download mine last night. Anybody else have a problem actually downloading the thing? No, it took me... That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I hate you all. Um, Oh, it turns out my bindings are my my fault because basically I tried to remap the store, but unfortunately it's wiped the bindings from other parts of the game, which has really wound me up. Oops. So I've set all that back up. So we have um, the 1st September update. Well, the first patch update. Um, I take it everybody has actually gone through the uh the new yes. training mission. Oh yeah. yeah
1: it's yeah. lovely, yeah. I like it.
0: Yeah. Yes and I must admit, is everybody completely happy with that part as far as you're concerned?
5: No.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. No? Right. <laughs> no, no, because you can't you can't use flight assist. <laughs> ah no, I was gonna come on to that. I was going to come on to that in a minute. You see, that that's one thing. As far as the actual um, tutorial is concerned, did it work for you?
1: It worked for me as a tutorial, yes.
0: Um. Yes. Just as a tutorial, I'm not on about what the plum facility is because we all want that facility out in the game so we can all race around <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, the, you, know, you know what I'm saying. The bit
5: of the tutorial I wasn't happy with was I can't. Well, maybe I'm missing something. Someone might be able to tell me where to find it. But there is nothing in any of the tutorials about how to do exploration in League. No training on how to use the... There's nothing
1: about there. the FFS scanner. And I no. don't think there's anything about balancing your power either. Or no. your mm-hmm.
5: a video. Basic flight controls. Yeah.
1: And
0: docking and taking off that
6: Adam Woods done one of his training videos on the FSS.
1: There is that, yes.
0: There is yeah, there are training videos for for people to um, to peruse, but um do you feel that the FSS scanner, well I know what the answer is to this because I'll probably agree with you. But you feel, Google, that the FSS scanner is complicated enough that it needs an in-depth tutorial. Yeah,
5: I think it's one of the most confusing bits of the game. If you've never, believed, if you didn't come into it with the experience we had of the old system, and then moving over, if I was a new player, that's definitely something I'd want some help. Game with.
4: Yeah, what what I think confuses people is. If you're using a mouse, for example, is you expect it to operate like a mouse, <laughs> so you point and click and zoom? What you need to get your head around is actually you're using it as a controller. so if you if you think about the camera movement in the FFS scanner as a controller, not a pointing device, it kind of makes it easier.
0: Yeah. um. Alec, did you want to say something?
6: Uh, yeah, so I, I did try the tutorial, and it was great. But I've just been watching on the train this evening. Actually, has anyone else seen um, the pits video about um, Commander Reni doing the tutorial? No, guessing.
0: No, well, you'll have to guessing fill this
6: in. It's very funny. It's very funny. So I've only got halfway through. But um, so she, for those not familiar with the Burpits, they're this—they're uh, a husband and wife team and he flies the ship and she does the camera work and they they produce some of the absolute best sort of Elite Dangerous videos I've ever seen, frankly. The teamwork just works superbly. But she tried to fly the tutorial and basically it got to the bit where it says, you know, throttle forward, throttle backwards, stop. And then it just does nothing. It just sat there doing absolutely nothing. So it's clearly buggy, I mean, I, God knows what would happen if uh, it was a new player, but, you know, she, she did exactly what it said, and then it, it just stopped telling her what to do. It was really weird.
3: Has anybody else reported that?
6: I, I don't know. I assume they would have done I I, I might give them a poke on um, Discord and, and make sure they have, actually. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, I think that's probably the first time I've heard anything buggy about the actual tutorial itself. Yeah, me too.
6: I thought it was really good, but um, mm. yeah, it was interesting Yeah, it not working yeah.
0: Now, obviously, Ant, you've covered this in one of your videos. So do you want to reiterate what your opinion of it is?
7: Yeah, I really like the tutorial. I mean, I've been through it a couple of times and I didn't experience any bugs or issues with it. I think it does what it set out to do and it does it very well. I think it's something that really should have been in the game a long time ago, but, you know, we're here now. Is no going back with Ant. It's, it is is what it is. And I think out of all the problems that there were with the September update there, this was one of them that in my mind, it was pretty much flawless. It was exactly what the game needed, as I mentioned in the video I put out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's universally agreed that the uh, the tutorial it is basically the high point of this patch. Even though it's probably the major point of the, the major uh, thing for this patch. Um, has anybody else got anything they want to uh, discuss about this one?
1: Uh, one thing that I think that the tutorial does, which I was really pleasantly surprised about is that it links from the tutorial. it doesn't just dump you off at the end place and then bugger off and leave you alone. It actually leads you in and you land, and then the commander who's done your flight training goes off and tells you uh, goes off and basically gives you your first mission as well. And I thought that was a really nice addition that I wasn't expecting. I just wish they'd do more more of that, please. Yeah, it's nice
3: that it's sort of embedded in the in the game world a bit,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I must admit the 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 way it links into the actual newbie area so that you can get your your training wings after after the well, you you kind of get a better feel for for the game in the newbie area. It's um i I think that is really well done, especially from my point of view when when I started this character again. I love the implementation
5: of what they delivered it was really good
6: yeah yeah it's really nice i I had a really nice suggestion today actually with the tutorials which is that um you know so the commander sort of leaves you and says okay you can go off and do your first mission Mm -hmm. it'd be really nice if they had a set of other tutorials to cover mining trading exploration, and there was some kind of you know come back and speak to me again if you want to learn more about it yeah i think that'd be neat and they might do that. They might, but they could do that.
0: Yeah, they could do it. But it had—they have had yeah. a six months to create this one particular mission. So maybe
6: we don't know that they've spent six months on it.
0: Yeah. So I mean, uh, do we all agree that we all want that flight um, training section to be copied into the main game for us, us, to, us to use? God, yes.
6: Hmm. Yes, I suppose.
0: <laughs> oh, dear, he says. <laughs> what would I ever do now? More assets is generally good, mm. isn't it? I think that's one of Probably. the things in the forums and on Reddit has been asked for again and again and again. So, um, yeah, thumbs up for that idea. Whether or not anything will be done about it, we don't know yet. So, um, moving on to the next section, it's obvious that um, one of the biggest sticking points has been arcs and the way arcs have been implemented in the game Shan, do you want to start us off on this one are we still in development news or are we moving on to the main topic well to tell you the truth this is the thing because it it you can't really discuss all this stuff and keep it separate because you know this I mean well let's let's start from development news because we still have our
4: a load radio apology to make every um the yes I mean apparently you do not earn ARCs by doing CQC and that was a intentional design decision by Frontier mm-hmm. which I find a bit puzzling because if any area of the game needed a boost in terms of incentive to play a CQC.
3: That is baffling.
4: So it may well be a technical thing. So, you know, in that it may, the link between CQC and ARCs may be too difficult for them to do in the time they had. I don't know, I'm just guessing. I, I agree it's baffling and I don't understand it, but I'm assuming there was something that stopped them doing it other than just being dark. I really, oil. really
1: hope that it was a technical issue that means we don't have ARCs as opposed to a design, design decision.
0: Well, they say it's a design decision. When people raised it on uh, on the issue tracker, um, the one thing that um, didn't uh, I didn't expect to get arcs for CQC because for ages they have requested uh, you know materials and and com- you know the, the uh, engineering materials and components that that you can scoop. They've been asking for those as rewards for doing CQC since since basically. Um, at the beginning of Beyond.
5: The difference there, though, is they have a material effect on your game, don't they? Whereas the the arcs are just cosmetics.
3: It shouldn't make any difference, though. I mean, realistically, playing CQC is, is playing Elite Dangerous. It's just playing an isolated silo of Elite Dangerous that doesn't affect the main game.
5: Don't get me wrong, I agree with you that they could reward engineering materials for CQC. I just see that there is a difference between engineering rewards and art.
3: Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Now, obviously, when... I mean, we're all disappointed by this one, aren't we?
3: What?
0: Which, the CQC omission? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a universal consensus to to this as a a bit... I'm disappointed for the people
4: who are disappointed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm with Shan there. If if I played CQC, then I would be very disappointed I couldn't get arcs by playing CQC.
5: What I think is a little bit of a missed goal is that I would have been encouraged to play some more CQC Mm -hmm. if I could have got some arcs out.
0: Okay.
4: Well, the thing is, though, um, CQC isn't actually that skillful. And um, what is more skillful is buying a fuel scoop and then selling it <laughs> again and again and again
1: <laughs> to get
0: your art. Oh, That's right. Okay, do we have a sarcasm indicator?
1: Can we put, can, can we pay for pl- things using PayPal?
0: No,
4: and also, well, sorry, I'm going to say one oh, Sorry,
1: I didn't I, mean that, Colin. I'm I'd sorry.
4: Think, well, one of them. No, no, one of no, not any, any small soapbox. Um, one of the things, one of my pleasures on a Friday afternoon or lunchtime was taking a break to look at the store and do some shopping in the store before I came back to work. So, you know, you could, look, you could look through the paint skins and then you could try that when you get home. And it's bizarre that you can't actually get to the store outside of the game because I would have thought quite a lot of their revenue comes in on a Friday lunchtime with
5: people yep. browsing in there. Yeah, I, I must admit that's how I've normally done that kind of uh, shopping. 100% of my past purchases have been made on a Friday afternoon, I would think.
6: I think there was a post from Will or somebody on the forums today saying that they are looking into doing that. Oh, good. But, but you know, bringing it back into uh, onto the website.
4: But the PayPal side is also a bit bizarre as well because – there, there are some there are some players or some yeah, some players you don't actually want to have a credit card or indeed can't have a debit card for some reason, and that PayPal is the only way they can shop online. And so again, it seems to be cutting off a potential revenue stream for them by not having PayPal. On the other hand and being a bit, Fair and balanced about it perhaps they were having lots of issues where people would buy something using paypal and then apply for paypal to get it refunded and they then have to either remove the paint packs and all the faffing around that goes with that so maybe that's why they took it away being a bit generous with them
6: oh cool yeah i just wanted to read out that statement because i just managed to find it actually Um, So somebody said, Will, can you confirm if there will actually be a dedicated web store as per the FAQ or not? The Game Extras link on the Frontier store now just goes to the Buy ARCs page. And Will chipped in and said it's still planned and we should have more information about it soon.
0: Tm Ben?
1: There's also an issue with anyone who hasn't redeemed their LaveCon and various other tickets um, that you can't actually go off and redeem a code. Um, the all the instructions in the tickets don't work anymore.
6: Actually, I think I raised that, and it turns out you can. You yeah, you can't do it in game. You can do it if you go to the out of game place to do
1: it. Yeah, if you go, I think if you go into your stores account management page, you can redeem a code there. Apparently, um, yeah. And also, as ever, Frontier support are awesome people, and I've heard of a couple of cases of people who have gone off and said. I have this ticket that says you can get a card. Um, here's my number. Here's the card. Please give me a skin. And they do that.
0: Because Frontier support are always nice. The
5: other thing I found, it doesn't really affect anyone now, but did anyone else notice that for two or maybe three days after the patch landed, the ARCs page wasn't actually online? So, Yeah, I noticed that. Immediately after the patch and for a couple of days, you couldn't actually buy ARCs. Which I just thought was bizarre.
6: It's very hard to find.
0: Well, for a couple of days you couldn't actually access the livery. I I found, when I was, uh, on my latest top shift, which was which happened the day after the, uh, um, well, no, the, the the very evening that it was launched, I couldn't access the livery, and it it, it basically soft locked the whole game while it was trying to, to load up the delivery. I just assumed that was because of everybody trying to access the store at the same time. Anyone else get that?
4: Yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit strange because I think I, I commented on one, on one of the discourse I was on is that if it was me, I would have had a whole lot of paint packs lined up and everything already. So when you go, the height, if you like the excitement about the arc system was at the very peak and that would be then when you get your most revenue for your paint packs and stuff like that and it's a bit strange how the back end bit did not seem to be ready in time i mean it's almost as if they rushed rush release
3: (laughs) um this will this will come in this will sort of um touch on what we're going to talk about later but this. Again, this is another reason that the the patch should have had a beta period um if the store wasn't ready and if you've got the game if you've got the game plugging purchasing a, a a new currency and the new currency site isn't even even available um just just set the official release date as a week later and and frame that first week as a beta period it just would have it would have made so much sense
0: yeah well um at present um the current list of issues um, outlined by a post by uh, will this this uh, at the moment uh, is that most markets and body sites from the Witch Head initiative have disappeared. Players Dr. Palin's base in Arc are loading into his own base at Maya, uh, Switching ships keeps the modules from your previous ships in the power settings. Um, obviously, they've the ability to re- voucher codes has been removed, and they'd get a link to where you can. So that's that one. Um, third-party APIs are still failing to connect. Station orientation in the HUD doesn't match the actual orientation, uh, and then purchasing arch unable to to reach the free arc cap, and and so on. However, they have actually fixed um, quite a few of the um, major errors that hit everybody which was the the mining one that was that was horrendous um uh the playstation 4 crash on startup um apparently the soft locking when attempted to, to access the engineering modules is now fixed uh, and they have supplied a workaround for connecting the game to a vpn for the moment so we've got to keep an eye out for that i mean they managed to fix the three big ones everyone were complaining about within 24 hours. I mean, I thought that was quick turnaround.
7: Yeah, I think um, with regards to the ARCs specifically, well, not necessarily the ARCs, I guess, but the, the amount of bugs that the update had, I wondered how many of you had seen um, Down to Earth Astronomy's video where he was talking about how the bugs might be perhaps connected to the implementation of ARCs.
5: Yeah, I think that's insightful. Yeah, smart idea, that.
7: Yeah, and earning them in-game summary was basically... Uh, Earning the arcs in game meant that Frontier would have had to touch on almost every part of the game in order to make that possible. which could perhaps explain why areas of the game that seemingly shouldn't have been affected, such as mining or engineering, were actually uh, having quite heavy bugs.
3: It it would make a lot of sense.
7: Yeah, I think it's quite, like you said, insightful. I think that doesn't explain things quite a bit.
6: Because otherwise... It is baffling. You know, you, you you look at the content of the release, like you've got a new player experience and you've got some stuff to do with cash for cosmetic items. And then you think, well, how the hell does that manage to break the orientation of the station HUD icon? It seems
7: unbelievable somehow. Yeah, same same with the mining. At the moment, the limpets come back and you get kicked out.
0: Yeah. Now, um, if there's
7: an arc, tra- an arc transaction going on at that particular moment.
0: Yeah, that, that one did seem especially weird, didn't it? Shan...
4: Um, before we carry on, I would like to apologise on behalf of Blade Radio for a breaking Elite oh. Dangerous last
0: Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> yes. I was just about to okay. come to that. Well, go on then, Colin. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we're kind of famous again. Um, there is a error code uh, which cursed players on Wednesday, and apparently it's all our fault. They, they have new uh, phrases for... Um, Uh, certain error codes and one of which is Orange Sidewinder.
4: A connection error, Orange Sidewinder. So,
5: very sorry, everyone. We blame it on Ben. If you get the orange screen
0: of death, it was definitely us. Yeah, especially if you start getting the purple Python. Yes, we start blaming that on Ben. Uh, Right. Now, one of the things that did come out which did surprise us was that the Frontier Arc store Made a surprising hint. Um, It made a surprising hint at you can buy decals for buildings. Now, obviously, we think that this is something to do with the um, what might be coming in 2020. Uh, What did everybody think of this one?
4: Well, I think it was Obsidian who found this one or pointed out to us, wasn't
7: it? Yeah, I didn't didn't, um, find it myself, but it was uh, someone posted it to Reddit and it kind of spiraled out from there. I mean, you know how things go once they hit Reddit, and it's, it's the rest of the world knows about it pretty much soon after that. Uh, but basic, basically, the situation there, was, I think it was on the ARC's website, where you go to the Frontier site. This was the official uh, Frontier website itself. So uh, I don't know how much everyone knows about websites and uh, SEO, so search engine optimization, but essentially websites have metadata, so Data that's hidden behind the scenes that you can't actually see that search engines uh, pick up on, so they know how to index the particular website. And in the meta tag, in the meta tag data for the ARCS website for Frontier, uh, the description was buy arcs for," and it listed the things you could buy arcs for. So cosmetics for ships, your commander, uh, SRVs, and right at the end of the sentence, it said your buildings. And obviously, there's no player-owned buildings at the moment.
4: See, if that was me, I'd have put it in just for the lol <laughs> to get people... <laughs> <It's perfect crowding.
7: laughs> um, I, I have seen that There's a uh, there's been a post from Will about half hour ago on forums. Oh, right. And he's basically, uh, to paraphrase, well, I can read it word for word, but he effectively said, uh, don't worry about it. It was an error. And that, that was it.
0: Nothing to see here. Move along.
3: You never saw anything. Silverine. Two points on that. One, um, this is uh, it's further. Um, I mean, it it clearly wasn't an error. Um, it's um, it's in all likelihood it's further confirmation that the leak back in April or May is true because that talked about base building and um, first person shooter elements. Um, and the second point is the um, something that people have missed. Um, right before buildings, it says. At the moment, you can't customise, um, you can't buy cosmetics for any weapons in the game.
1: Yes, you can. You get laser colours. They're free, aren't they? No. Are they not? No, nope, you've got to pay for them.
3: Oh, bugger. All right. got to buy them. Ah, ignore me. I thought they were free.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, I, was, I originally was thinking what you were thinking as well for Zoof. That, hey, maybe we can go off and get, we can go make our pulse lasers pink.
3: Well, I, th- I thought it was going to be, um, given that the, the leak talked about sort of uh, Starship Troopers-like. Pew, pew. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking maybe maybe handheld weapons. But, but tinfoil has hot on. It doesn't exclude that. No, I like your not, thinking, it? Shan. Yeah, but if any
0: kind of buying a weapon for arcs, surely that's, that'll trigger the, the free-to-play argument all over again. No, a wep- no, weapon skins. Yeah, customizing. Oh, of course. Oh, that should be fine then. Moving on from there, uh, well, I, we did have um, a couple of newsletters and emails come out this week, obviously just promoting the uh, the update. Um, I don't think there's anything anything really we need to discuss with those. Um, so, if you, it's okay with Grant. Um, I'd like to take a a quick ad break, and then we'll come back with our main discussion.
1: We buy any ship, bar none. We buy
0: any ship,
2: bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size, we buy any ship, bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship, bar none, are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with Dodges Space Station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online, then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is, we take any ship.
1: We, we buy any ship.
2: ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Adar, Anaconda, Asp, Bower, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle,
7: Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Moray, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsall, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any
1: Imperial or Thargoid vessels.
2: Choose life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big ship. Choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers. Choose good health, low cholesterol and ship insurance. Choose fixed interest loan repayments. Choose a space station, choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a paint job and hire purchase in a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration and wondering where the f you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair running mind numbing, spirit crushing trade routes, stuffing f**king junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. some comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. Are there reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got head?
0: Well, welcome back. Now, uh, for this next section, we've just like um, our, our guest to to make a an observation about the the basically the public reaction uh, to the patch so far. I mean, it's it's been pretty intensive um, for those of you who've been following the forums. So, um, who'd like to go
7: first? Yeah, I can do that. That's fine. <laughs> It's been a bit of a funny one, hasn't it? I know there's there's been a lot of anticipation for the updates, and I think, to be honest, that's a large part of the problems is the fact that it's only the second update of the year. So there's obviously a lot of anticipation on the updates, even though uh, people are generally aware that the updates are going to be fairly small. we we generally got positive reaction, I'd say, or mixed to positive reaction back on uh, on the April update. But people are hanging on. They want to see things improve. They want to see new content. And when an update comes around, even if it's a small one, to see it break so many things is, is kind of understandable. Then it leaves people a bit dumbfounded. So uh, yeah, I, I can totally relate to the, uh, to the reaction from the uh, wider community. And it's not just on the forums. People often point out forums are very negative, and I think, I think they can be. I think over the over the years, the forums have changed in their uh, tone a little bit. But it's not just there. You see the same sort of comments on Reddit, and I know I've seen them in my uh, comment section on YouTube. And it's not people being overtly negative as such. It's just people expressing disappointment and, uh, I guess, you know, confusion over what what the heck happened. How could it have messed up so badly? And the good side is that Frontier fixed a lot of the things already. So you know, at least there's that. But the other side is when you've got so much anticipation for a singular update and so little information as to where the game's going to be going over the next year to 18 months, everyone's hopes are just pinned on that one little update. And when it's not really what people were hoping for, when things aren't working quite right, I see comments saying things like, well, if they can't get this right, how are they going to get uh, fleet carriers right? You know how how do you defend that? How how do you really yeah. acknowledge those, what those people are saying and say, well, you know, maybe this or maybe that? It's very difficult, and it's not a question that a frontier, not a hard work is. it's not a question that they're not passionate. Because after speaking to them, I know that's definitely not the case. They're very much I love love what they're doing, and they do put a lot of work into the game. But it's it's just. For me, it's, it's been a bit of an odd one. It's, it's very, uh, I suppose you could say, concerning to see the reaction with the community because frontier uh, need to maintain interest in the game, they need to maintain faith in the game. And if that starts eroding and they haven't got any big updates to uh, keep people coming back, then it's, it really does leave you wondering where it's going to go next. Yeah, it's been a really interesting one, I think. I mean...
6: They always said the update was small. I think we knew exactly what we were going to get. We were going to get ARCs, and we were going to get the improved beginner experience. And we got both those things. Um, I was away, so I kind of missed it initially. And I had pretty terrible Wi-Fi where I was. And then I started to sort of get little sneak peeks of what was going on on the forum. And, um, yeah, it was clearly, you know, there was this incredibly negative reaction sort of spreading across the forum now i I mean for me i think there's there's two reasons for that one is i have no problem with arcs themselves a lot of people really seem to be picking arcs apart in all sorts of ways that kind of quite annoy me actually i can see some really good reasons for putting arcs into the game rather than relying on actual financial transactions and taking overheads on on the hits on credit transactions and things. there's loads of good reasons um but it was clearly contentious you know you've only got to look at issues in the wider gaming uh, community over you know loot boxes and the stuff that ea have done to you have to be an idiot not to realize that it's not a contentious issue and so one of the problems, and, it, and it's clearly spread like wildfire across the forums, I don't know about um, Reddit because I don't really go there, is the whole thing of, of making the store button so prominent. I mean, even a different color. You know, If it was me, I would have gone exactly the opposite way. It's obviously a contentious issue. Keep it quiet. Keep it discreet. People know it's there. They'll look for it. But don't go and shove a big blue store button in everyone's face. It's the most idiotic thing they've ever done. Um, so that's one thing, and 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 that's I think pissed people off because everyone that's kind of got their conspiracy theories about why Frontier are doing arcs immediately are kind of they're triggered by that. And then the other issue was just the bugs. You know, it's, it's a simple patch, new beginner experience arcs, and and but all the other bugs that went with it that are seemingly so unrelated. It really felt like one little step forward for beginners and five massive steps back
0: for for experienced players. Ben, do you want to jump in there?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say I wonder if Frontier have shot themselves in the fist a little bit with how the April update was also build is really quite small but Frontier managed to sneak a couple of other little bits and bats in there for the more experienced players as well as the new stuff that they gave us. And I wonder if we were expecting a couple of little breadcrumbs for the more experienced players as well.
6: we got chevrons on the throttle. What do you want? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do like my chevrons. You just wanted that. Oh, and one final thing. You wanted one of those. Yeah, yeah. Obsidian, then.
7: I mean, personally, I'm okay with the update being a small one. We, we knew, I don't know how long we've known that it was going to be, uh, this year wasn't going to be, large updates we've done that for probably around a year now at this point I think haven't we we have yeah um so yeah I've got, I've got no issue with that uh it's, it's just I think frontier need to keep an eye on the gen- general attitude in the community and the general sentiments because uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh, people who are generally the old what perhaps some people would call the old faithfuls or the old uh, some people say the white knights or the fanboys you know whatever way you want to f- phrase it a lot of the old old school people are even saying the same negative things it's getting to the point where I think Frontier perhaps need to say something and it needs to be something that's not the typical uh, corporate PR speak they need to come out and just explain perhaps what happened and what they're going to do for the future how to avoid this sort of thing again they need to do something to try and restore a little bit of faith because it's going to get to the point if they're not careful where uh, well it's going to be very difficult for them to recover from the other alternative is that they just ignore it and hope it goes away but As I've said elsewhere, every time they do that sort of thing, it does tend to work. People quieten down after a while. We know what gamers are like. Leave it long enough, they forget about it and move on to the next thing. But every time you do that, you're always going to leave behind a slightly larger audience of dissatisfied people.
0: Okay. Um, Well, what we're going to do is, I mean, moving on from there, the main thing about uh, the reaction to the bugs uh, on this, um, we wanted to ask this. Question: That you know these bugs were normally fixed quite quickly. I mean, there are some outstanding, and the reaction from the community was pretty harsh, to be honest. So, um, starting with uh, Shan, um, the main question we have to ask is: Do you feel that the community is too harsh on Frontier? I think it is because but in different ways. I mean, there's
4: one thing that's absolutely clear, and I, I can say this because, you know, I've been fortunate to be around Frontier and whatnot, is the people who code the game, who write the game, who do the artwork and the sound, they are passionate about Elite and very proud of the work they put into it. And to have a community, if you like, Tell them that their work is horrible, rubbish, it missed the mark and they should quit and become a bin man, or whatever it is is immensely sapping from a morale point of view so uh, i would dis- I would distinguish between the, the people who actually put their heart and soul into this game, and when we do critique the game and what Frontier do, in the back of our mind, we should ha- we should have we should ha- remember these are real people who put a lot of work and passion into their game, and how we phrase our criticism and our comments, I think always should have always should take reference of that. <coughs> now, now saying that. um there are three areas of an NMO um, or any online game that kind of will relate. There's the production of content for players to do. There's the provision of a stable environment for players to play the game. And then there's the respect for players' achievements and the progress that they've done. And I would suggest <clears throat> that Frontier processes are failing in two of them about three um the first one I believe the process is failing at is the provision of a stable environment, and I was thinking about this the other day, Is like we always say, don't play on don't book the day off on patch day, but we shouldn't have to say, don't book the day off on patch day because the reason why we say that is because we know there'll be problems and things will fall over and things will disconnect and da da da, da. But if, it was, if the processes in testing were more refined, maybe you wouldn't need to say, don't play on patch day, because you wouldn't then have that, the
0: issues. The one thing I couldn't stop you about there, on patch day itself, that's actually the day when they have to take everything down to upgrade it. You can't play on patch day. Because, basically, there isn't anything there. Well, correct, but whenever it's back up,
4: then there's always issues. Now, I would also actually take, from a technological point of view, there are other games out there that manage big updates without actually taking down the entire servers. So there is an architectural solution to this. Now, yes, it may require a rewrite and et cetera, et cetera, but it's not an insurmountable problem. Um... But the second part, I believe, Frontier processes are failing is in the respecting of players' progress and of their achievements. And the reason why I'm saying this is because one of the events that happened was the uh, biggest gold rush you missed, which was a Commander place video, where there was a bug where you could buy one of the fertilizer router, um, items and sell it again for 10,000 credits a tonne profit per tonne which meant players could rack up between 5 and 6 billion credits per hour. And I, I know this was reported some 12, 14 hours before it was fixed. So players had that amount of time to do that. And on top of the botting, on top of the exploiting, on top of the cheating, on part of the toxicity of you know, and Frontier's reluctance, to do anything about it I believe severely undermines the the, the the players experience and the community as a whole and to be honest it's sort of the point that is if Frontier isn't going to do anything about the exploiting the cheating or whatever and essentially not care about the live state of the game then why should we as players well why should we play properly why shouldn't we just download kind of
0: whatever cheats we want to and Okay, good points. Um Silverine, do you want to jump in there?
3: Yeah. The um just to echo what Shan said about about conduct and uh, I guess decency, I think there's um there there's a distinction of um what we say and you know, what views we express versus how we express them. And I totally, totally agree with Shan that we should never forget that these are talented and you know everybody i've met from frontier has been um really lovely and i'm sure they're very talented and very passionate um and um and we uh i know and as um i'm sure the rest of you do as well that, um it, whenever you're involved in making something criticism of it however however reasoned is very difficult not to take quite personally um that said uh there is there's an equally strident sort of segment of the community which which is sort of um which seems to come down on anyone who um uh who expresses reasoned criticism of the development of of elite dangerous and there there seems to be a a, a little bit of a of the of a viewpoint of um game development is hard don't don't criticize anything we're lucky to get anything sort of thing um and i think the reality is somewhere between um between the two of those like you know the, the, these people are passionate and doing the best they can with a game engine that's now five years old um with an awful amount loaded into it much of which was not planned back in 2013 um the um but at the same time um you know th- th- there is an element of um players are customers and um an elite dangerous is made possible by by a kickstarter um the uh You know, if if we if we're not if we're not letting Frontier know what what we as what our experience is like as players, we're not actually doing we're not actually doing the game or them any favors. They want they want Elite Dangerous to be a profitable, fun sort of you know industry leading game. If we're not telling them how how what our experience is like and how it could be improved, we're not doing them any favors. So I think criticism is absolutely essential. Um, yes, absolutely politeness decency um make it about make it constructive make it productive um but definitely we need to be if if frontier are making changes or making design decisions which are demonstrably making the game worse um and making us less want to play it less absolutely we need to tell them We, we sort of have a duty to um anyway um that's that's all from me um, and did you want to comment on any of all of that and what?
7: Yeah, it was exactly. Just had the, basically the same point, really. Yes. Okay. Don't want to go on too long, otherwise I'm just going to be repeating exactly of what you you said. Well, your voice and, is
3: much nicer than mine, so I I'm think, sure our, our listeners would probably quite like that.
7: <laughs> I think the biggest issue is that not so much that there's so much negativity out there, but rather how people sometimes phrase it, and it's the internet for you, I guess. People can be very, very harsh, very, very critical. I don't think they really consider sometimes that there's actually a person on the other end, or if, if they do, they don't really care. Um, there's a there's a general lack of responsibility for what people are saying. There's no real comeback. You can say what you like, and generally, you're not going to get... Mm, yeah, yeah. And, exactly. you know, that, that's on the wider internet on something like on YouTube, because obviously on, on YouTube, the content creators got to moderate their own channel, and some don't. So they can be really toxic, and it comes down to... Places like the forums as well, where if there's no uh, comeback from people trying to troll, like they can keep within the policies, but still uh, troll. They can cause quite a negative environment. And it just just goes on. I think it really... Everyone who's got any reasonable bit of sense on them knows that there's a difference between constructive criticism and, and being a, a bit of an ass. Yeah? And some people are a bit too much on the strong end. But again, it comes down to... How far are Frontier willing to deal with some of these things? Because they are a company. It's, it's a two sided thing. On the one side, you've got people who are quite rightly saying they're a customer. And if you bought a car and that car didn't work, or uh, you went and bought a Tesla car and they did a software update to the car, which, which trashed it, quite rightly, people are going to be unhappy about that. And it'll be in the news and people would wonder what the heck's going on. And Tesla just coming out and saying, oh, well, development hard wouldn't really cut it, even though they're right, development is hard. But just because it's a game, I, I can understand the sentiment from players that say who say it doesn't really excuse it. But that's not to say that bugs aren't to be expected because obviously they do happen. And I think this time around, Frontier have done a good job of getting the big bugs under control. But there's still some of the older bugs that are there. So I think really what's happening is that there's a big build-up almost year on year of all these issues that are really causing this negative sentiment. And it's compounded by the fact that Frontier... Pretty much quiet. I mean, they're they're quite happily put posts out and say that we've identified this issue and this issue is being dealt with and that issue's being dealt with. That's, that's not a problem. It's the fact that, as, as Shan mentioned, there's there's a especially a toxic element in the community which some might say is growing, and none of that seems to be dealt with. Whether it's dealing with uh, trolling on the official communities or whether it's dealing with um, people who outright exploit the game. Just I feel it's something that Frontier needs to be a bit more uh, proactive with. And that's not necessarily a really harsh criticism on them. I think they just need to take stock and have a look at what's going on. But maybe we see it different with being on the outside, I don't know. But I think you're quite right when you say they are people in the company, they are individuals, and some of it they are going to take personally.
0: Okay, Chan, do you want to take
4: Yeah, I was I was going to sort of like follow up on, on a couple of things. Um And that's why I said earlier it's about processes rather than people, I believe, because you look at the testing and you think, well, maybe there's something they can do for the testing processes to prevent a lot of this stuff happening, whether it's beaters or whatever it is. Uh, But I want to focus in on the effect on the live game of not dealing with these issues. Uh, of exploiting, botting, and whatever. Because while they're focusing, quite rightly, I believe, on the new player experience, having... And, and this is going to sound a bit strange, but the people at Frontier I regard as friends. And I, I've met them in WaveCon and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And to see people on streams on the forum, especially taking the piss out of them for not doing whatever it is, or not acting on the exploit they've just gone undone or the intentional griefing and idiocy they've just gone engaged in, not seeing Frontier do that and then taking the piss out of them, that kind of gets me, gets me annoyed because it's like, hang on a minute, you're taking Nick out of one of my friends and then not doing anything to stop it. And it's like, why the heck aren't Frontier protecting their employees who are being made a laughing stock of? By the frontier processes, and I just don't get that.
6: Um, yeah, maybe, maybe just a sort of wider observation that I had um this afternoon. When I was thinking about this show actually, which is I don't know if there's any psychologists amongst anyone in the guests here, but I, I wondered if there was a it sometimes feels on the forum and things, and I guess read it too, that there's there's like a natural human tendency towards I don't know about negativity exactly, but but having faith is used a lot on the forum i've still got faith in the game i've still got faith in frontier i think somebody else has has used that on the show tonight already and it's like we have this word for when we believe in something but i don't know i'm not sure there's a word for what naturally tends to happen when people lose faith is that they they drift away from believing in frontier believing in the game and, and what people start to believe is is quite extraordinary you know people start to believe that nobody's working on it that it's in maintenance mode that um, that they're, they're just after our money it's it's really extraordinary what people will start to believe and, and they just they just seem to naturally want to look for the negatives and then and then what I, what I was going to go on to say is there's, there's a few things that restore people's faith and reset that and then people naturally start drifting away again I think. One thing that restores it is a, is a bloody good update. Tragically, we don't get many of those, but software's hard, I guess. The other thing that can restore faith is, is just good communication. Yeah. When they do Discovery Scanner episodes, that, that you, you, there's this sense of positivity for a day or two. Oh, that was great. Did you see that? And people understand you know, how the game works and how it's difficult. And despite all their claims about trying to communicate better, they're still just not. And and I really think that's that's still a major issue that they if they just communicated more it, it
3: would um, it would be
0: better. So, Vareen, do you very, want to just jump in there? There's, a, there's
3: something recognised. Um, I'm not a psychologist, but something I have read is that um, humans tend to um, we tend to uh, move towards confrontation uh, when we communicate over text, and we tend to seek consensus and, and seek agreement when we communicate verbally. Um, and there's lots of experiments been done on right. people sort of communicating over video and over phone versus over text. And generally, it's, it's demonstrably true that when, when you're communicating over text, things will generally de- 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 degenerate into a flame war. Um, and all you have to do is put people in the same room or in a voice call, and immediately they start seeking consensus. And you can see that in communication about game development. Like You don't see LaveCon degenerate into slanging matches and people accusing the devs of of you know, abandoning the game. It, it's a big love-in. Um, whereas the forums is all text-based and obviously it tends trends towards um, uh, negativity. That's it. Right, um, Google. Um, I was just going to say, I think
5: the the Frontier community managers are excellent, but I do feel like it feels to me watching their streams frequently that they're a bit hamstrung on. Like, you can tell that they know what people want, and I don't mean new feature answers, but you can tell that they know what the questions coming up in chat are about, and they will quite often either have been briefed to ignore them or they're ignoring them because they don't have answers. And I just feel like maybe Frontier could do with being a little bit looser in how much they're prepared to share with the community, and they might get a bit more goodwill from that.
0: Obsidian Ant.
7: And I think... uh... You know, I've dealt with Frontier, uh, both both the developers and the um, community team a lot, and I think they're absolutely great. They do, they do a very good job, and they're very nice people. And they've even people higher up in Frontier, I've talked with them from time to time, and they're genuinely great people. So wherever there's issue within the company, and there, there does seem to be one, it's perhaps to do with the uh, internal processes. There's, there's something going on somewhere. That's causing some of these issues that we're all seeing, I think. I don't think I won't put it down to any one person because they all do a good job and they're all uh, decent people and they're all uh, nice to deal with and nice to talk to. And I think on live streams, they're good. Um, I agree with the point just now that when you you hear them on live streams, they seem to be a bit hamstrung. So uh, definitely something somewhere. And whatever that issue is, it's spilling out a little bit and uh, causing some of these issues that we're seeing.
0: Cycle Cal, what would you like to say?
2: Well, we've all been, you know, different community events, certainly everyone in this room has been, and we've enjoyed that kind of relaxed, unparalleled access to devs, to members of staff, to, you know, getting to call the likes of Zach or Ed or Bo uh, or any of the new staff, although we haven't really had... um, Stigsy on yet. We we need to get some more of the community back in. Although we do keep opening that door and offering the the platform for them to come and join us. Uh, We also appreciate that they're busy. But I think, you know, what's changed from when Ed was around, I think there is a hesitance now or there's some kind of um, process that's getting in between the access to these guys uh, in, in the kind of uncontrolled manner that we're used to which is come on the show and have a chat. Now it's more on the lines of, well what is it you want to chat about? There's more controls in. And I think the the leaks that have come out of Frontier have had a far bigger impact on the their freedoms um, for being involved in the likes of a podcast like this or Um, I'm not sure if Obsidian has any uh, issues. They're slow to respond at the best of times anyway, as you'd expect with a company where you're coming along with a request from left-hand side. Um, But that that delay can be too long, and it leads uh, content makers and content providers to... Go out on a limb, and we come out with our facts. Then we miss out the points of the changes that are actually coming in, and you don't have access to that. You'll have the the sort of standard answers of uh, "can't say anything about that just now" or "we'll get back to you on that." There, you know, it's it's like there's a disconnect between the. ...games development, the community teams, and then the community, whereas there never used to be. It used to be like the community team was just an extension of the community. You could ask them a question and they were like, oh, I don't know that one, we'll go and find that one out. And then they come back with a response. Whether or not it's just a case of we have been spoiled rotten with the efforts that Zach and Ed, when they were a much smaller team had the ability to do for us and when there wasn't other games and ips going on um this just might well be a a a sign of the success of frontier and the need to control the message that's coming out and unfortunately what that often tends to do is when you're used to that unprecedented access to be able to just pass a comment off uh, and get a response back within you know a couple of days or even sometimes a couple of hours, you become quite spoilt, And when that's taken away, it's very natural to feel that something is wrong, which it might not well be. It might just be these new processes, the, the amount of work they've got to do, they've departmentalised, you know, we could have had Ed and Bo on for a chat. Now, well they're not involved in the same project well it's not there at all but you know you could get well on um, and then you're looking at the different community teams for each game so you, you know there's no point in talking to both from that point of view even though she's become a friend of the community um, it kind of feels that it's become departmentalized, as opposed to that very social interaction that we were so used to and spoiled by in the past
0: So kind of like siloed
2: then yeah it's it's just I and i completely understand cuz i mean um we were at ECM when the 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 leak came out and to see the frontier staff's faces change from one of being relaxed and enjoying an event to having to slip into what you could only describe as work mode you know, that way you're having a beer with your pal, and you say something like, "How's your gran? and you can just feel that the conversation's dropped because the grand died two weeks ago or something like that. You know, and you just brought up the elephant <laughs> nice in the room. But you know, you get that expression of "shit has hit the fan." I can't tell you about it because it's serious, but it's not serious. And watching them trying to control something that, frankly, is a betrayal of the community to the frontier. You know, when we. Um, take these uh, kind of leaks and and then fluff them around. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, yes, okay, there's a journalistic point of view that you can take, but there's also, you can't consider them friends and act like they're your friends and then drive your uh, full-blown podcast over their back. Um, so I think, you know, that that's caused uh, a degree of... They have to be considered... I mean, also, as much as anything, you know, anybody that works for a business, you say the wrong thing, and the next thing you know, you're plastered all over social media, and uh, you're being likened to some kind of Nazi, or you're you're uh, doing something that's uh, anti-this or anti-that, and therefore you should be burned alive in your offices, and no one should ever buy your games again. Uh, that is the, the environment that they work in, and they've done it beautifully well and i think you know the quiet is just the sign of things having to be more guarded now and having to be more departmentalized and you know what it sucks because we miss them right ben <laughs> <laughs>
0: how grant was able to keep going like that really without taking a breath i have was. no so, idea what, what
2: ben will they want to tell you going to try hold and... <laughs> <No. laughs> So I mean when you were talking to Ed before, you know, um, you'd always say, enough. Hold on a sec, come on, I'm gonna get on off train. Oh, no, I'm gonna get on a bus and
1: drive up to Glasgow and Grant will still be on this point. Oh good, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, well
0: just before he carries on then, just <laughs> jump in there then. So, so
2: I
1: was I was gonna say, do you not think though that yes this leak that came out at ECM was a dick move and Frontier probably have had things tightened up since then but they've been pretty damn tight-lipped frankly since up
3: 2016.
0: Yeah I totally agree with that. Uh, since uh, since yeah. 3.2 yeah. I think since 3.2 everything the reaction to 3.2 was that harsh that I feel that they, they really tightened down the communication from that point on. Yeah great point.
4: Yeah, I was just going to react to what Cal was saying as Cal, I completely agree with what you said about the community management side of it. Um, however, I believe there is zero excuse for not cracking down on tutors exploiters, the toxic elements, and all the stuff we're seeing. How many times have we had power play people on talking about botting? How many times have the people exploited the guts out of a credit exploit and not had that taken away? There's an integrity of the game itself that needs to be guarded. And it's not a community management thing. It's, they say, we value our players' time, and we want to make sure that People who abuse and disrespect the players' time are dealt with, and it's no excuse for not dealing with it and it undermines the game and it undermines the integrity of the people of frontier and the community and there's no excuse for not doing it soene,
0: do you want to come back on that
3: to, yeah to, two points um one the um uh with regard to communication um i think I, I still think I've always thought that the big problem about frontiers communication is that they you could say that they overcommunicated back in 2013 and 2014. Essentially, what happened is they lined up and made videos talking about how we were going to bo- be stowing away on each other's ships and flying around atmospheric planets and chasing big dinosaurs around and all this sort of thing. Every, not just David Braden's off-the-cuff comments. These were every single dev lining up on videos talking about how much they couldn't wait to do that and then completely clammed up and now refused to even talk about the future of the game that is the context in which we have to view their communication like you know yes the community have a a uh, an unpalatably uh, voracious appetite for leaks and yes that puts frontier in a very difficult position but you cannot say that frontier did not invite that level of interest in the future of elite dangerous um when they when they said those things about what the game was going to be and then promptly stopped talking about the future of the game um and now we're in a now we're in a situation in which compared to other big game developers who run online games frontier can talk about the future of their game less than other developers do the future of their games so that's the first point um the second point is um you you know there there is a psychological angle of trending towards negativity there is the context in which the community the, the frontier has changed as a company and the community team have changed in terms of personnel and now that we have a different level of engagement with them both of those things are true but the, the context of this conversation is that the last two patches, so the entirety of Elite Dangerous Development for 2019, which, for you know, to, to remind everyone, this is the year in which we know that we're not getting much, but we don't know what we are getting next year because they won't tell us. So already, we're in a negative frame of mind because we're in this sea of, of uncertainty about, about something we're all very invested in. Um, in that context, 2019 has had two updates one of which was small and introduced probably more bugs than any other update to date. Um, and the next one was even smaller and introduced even more bugs. Um, and I am baffled that the, the this latest update didn't have a beta period. You know, we, everybody at Frontier saw what happened last time, the, the April update. It, you know, it, it wasn't a secret that it was a buggy mess on release. It would have been so easy. Well, no, I can't say that. I don't know how easy it would have been. It, it, from the outside, from a position of ignorance, it appears... That a beta period would have been a very, very sensible thing to do, and all of this could have been avoided. So I, f- I feel like the, you know, what what Alec and um, and Kegel, uh, sorry, and, and Cow said is both true, but it, it, we we can't forget that that is the context in which we're having this conversation.
0: Yeah, well, um, I'm going to to go on the other side of because and I don't mean to white knight, but I do feel I do I do have to defend um some of the developers it's especially um it's you see from my point of view as a as a development developer myself i know that you can't test for everything and i uh, yes they they should have uh, a quality um policy department which should be able to handle that but you cannot test for every single combination that everybody's got now, as far as I was concerned, there was um, the the bugs that did come out. They were fig- The the big major ones were fixed within twenty four hours. That's quite a good turnaround speed, as far as that's concerned.
3: If there was a beta, the release wouldn't have had them. That's arguably not
5: true because we have had beta releases in the past from Frontier yeah. where we have logged bugs with them that they haven't fixed before release.
3: Fair enough. Yeah, that's
5: true.
6: I I don't know about bugs as major as mining crashing and engineering not working at all.
5: No, not talking about the severity. Just that that isn't always true, is it? We might. What would have happened though is we'd have been more informed about what wasn't
3: working on release. Yeah, yeah. It is hard Hmm. not to. It's hard not to ask questions about the about the QA process when you've got, you know, every player playing the game reporting the same issues, which which you run into within. Minutes of booting up.
4: Just to kind of add another little side to things is, I think for me
3: one of the things
4: it's a niggle, and what I'm seeing is there seems to be a lack of attention to detail in some of the design decisions that have been made. Again, process, not people. For example, not using PayPal, not having the, um, the store available outside of the game. You can think about just little things that kind of niggle at you and you think it's nearly perfect, but it's just five more minutes worth of thinking about it would have made it so much better. And it's that extra bit of attention to detail that I think has been missing in a lot of these releases. And again, I think it's down to process and the drive to hit a release date, whether it's internal or a published one. Because... I don't think anyone would have minded if they'd said last week, oh, by the way, we're going to need an extra two weeks because we found some game-breaking bugs that we just have to fix before we get it out there. No one... Oh, God, they would have. Well,
0: some, I'm sorry, Some Sean. people would. But... You have seen... No, no, you have seen the forums. The forums would go mental if there was any other delay. Uh, Alec, do you want to jump in there before you call it?
6: Um, no, I think I've forgotten what I was going to say if it's... A... <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or else I probably shouldn't say uh,
1: Just jumping in on top of Shan, yeah. then. I think if they'd done what suverine suggested earlier and said, "Hey guys, we're going to be really nice. You know this we're doing for you today? Well, welcome to the Elite Dangerous September update beta period. You're for free. Come and get it. So oh, and everyone has to do it.
3: Yeah, use use us use us as beta testers. The point uh, I guess the point is that you know it. A beta isn't... What, free beta testers. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's, it's widespread uh, QA that the players will do for you, and, and players are infinitely more forgiving of bugs in betas than they are in what is ostensibly a released, playable yeah, yeah. version Just of the game.
1: Rename it for the first patch as a beta, and I'm sure most of us would have been all right. It worked for Google Mail for years. Yeah. <laughs> I
6: wonder if it's hard to set up a beta server. I don't really have any experience with that.
1: I wasn't even going to set up a beta server. Just have it as the live server and call it beta.
0: Right. Isn't that the entire process of early access anyway?
3: <laughs> um, I think Kurgle probably uh, is. Yeah. Kurgle, would you like to I, jump in?
5: I was just wondering if, mate, like if, if Frontier don't want to go to the broader community, maybe they should rethink their use of the old triple elite group, you know? Those people that got Triple Elite, they used to talk to on a forum, didn't they, way back when?
0: Oh, do you mean the DDF? Yeah. Well, uh, you can figure I'm a DDF member. They've
3: practically shut that forum down. There is a Triple Elite server for, for groups that they've termed Triple Elite, which means the biggest players, player groups. I
5: was thinking more with the, like the DDF. Do you think maybe that's something they should look at going back to? Lots of these things could have been picked up
0: by DDF members rapidly. Do you know what I mean? You'd have got that. Uh, the, the ddf yeah I, I can i can see what you it that's kind of like um in most mmos where they've got these these kind of um test servers which, which people could just log into and and see how things are doing but mm, normally people don't test they just play the game to see how far they can get
3: out we, we don't know how difficult it is to set up beta periods and and i mean what they used to do is take a snapshot of the game about a week before they started the beta and then and then they'd let everybody play from that snapshot we don't we if we don't know how difficult that is we can't really comment on how on we can't really comment on how on how easy it would have been or otherwise (laughs) but uh, an issue with
4: beta tests particularly if it's like um uh, a closed beta for example is You only get told, or people only get told to test certain things. They don't do the whole suite of testing that the players were subjected to. Because I know from years ago when I did testing, you have your test scripts and you follow those. And that's what you focus on. So,
5: you know, it it goes back to processes. You would think though, wouldn't you, that their test scripts include like does mining work? Does trade work? Does exploration work? You know, some test of each basic feature in the game you would think is, is done once through their, their QA
0: process on a new build. Cal, did you want to come in there?
2: No, no. It was When you mentioned the DDF, bringing them up as something to go back to is um, I would probably think that what the DDF became was part of the reasons that Frontier started to shut up. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think that, 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 you know, that if you want to make as little progress as possible, and let's face it, in this political climate, this is very apt as well. If you want to make as little progress as possible, put it to committee. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, I, I do, I mean, I was, I was just thinking it through. When did they start to, sh- to clam up? And there was a deliberate clamming up and the response in the forums was attributed to the attitude of people in the DDF over one of the announced updates Um, and Ed had put out an impassioned plea to try and temper the... entitled bastards of which I include myself from just moaning um, that's not what I want from my game it's not <laughs> your fucking game and I think you know that possibly a lot of the silence that we're experiencing is Frontier going it's not your fucking game shut up. you're only allowed to play it because it suits us to have you play it other than that it would just be David Braben and Mike Brooks playing you know CQC in the background for days on end um, yeah so I don't think the DDF I think that yeah but the problem is if you if you if you're surrounded by by yes men and yes podcasts and you're not held to any kind of criticism um where criticisms fair and balanced and thought out and um, suggestions are put forward of other ways to do it like for example the very first time they mentioned what the intentions were for traveling around the universe via a set of waypoints and everybody was like whoa 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 for once we were all united and there was so many uh, in the ddf when it was valuable when it was good there were so many amazing minds putting forward suggestions and ideas to Frontier in a way that they were accepting and working through that created that synergy that we've had with Frontier and the developers. And then you start to see that, you know, it becomes a company again. Uh, It goes away from being a public project where we're all involved and feeling like we're involved and feeling like we've got valued opinions. Um, You then see the likes of staff change. You know, you lose those guys that were there that you were used to and now, you know, it's difficult to know who's doing what in Frontier, unless they happen to come to LaveCon and stand up and I'm the sound designer, I'm this guy, I do this. Uh, which is why I think the likes of their involvement in these community events is critical to continue to allow us to feel connected. Because, you know, you, you've got your community guys right at the front and you can easily feel you know, uh, part of their streams, which gives you a sense of attachment to Frontier, but without having those developers as well, and we've not got that direct line of communication, whether or not that's a good thing for them and a, a miserable thing for us because of the way DDF went. It became so convoluted, you know, we went from that point where we were all pulling in the same direction. <laughs> Hang on a sec. There we go. I've just served You could grant. Alex. What were you wanting to say, mate? <laughs> we have
1: guests. Right. It, it yeah. was a
2: little
6: thing, really, on beta testing. It was just. It, I can't remember where this was. Lethcon or somewhere. And I, I learned something which quite surprised me, which is that the server that they test the game on before they release it to the community, you know, and then it goes live, is in some ways quite significantly different from the server that we play on, you know, which is quite surprising for a test environment. So, you know, they were explaining why certain bugs slipped through and it and it's basically because it was a different machine and different architecture. Um, I don't know a bit about that stuff, but it's... So I, I think there's a lot of things about the game that we don't understand, you know, as I mentioned before, things like Discovery Scanner are often very enlightening. I don't suppose Frontier would ever do this, but I would love to see a live stream where they just pick they pick one bug, a simple non-contentious bug, like say the, the latest thing of the station HUD hologram being misaligned, and just do like a live stream on the anatomy of the bug. What caused it? How did we diagnose it? It would just be fascinating to know how difficult it is to test these
4: things and how good it is to fix them. That's, that's detail though, isn't it? And <laughs> one thing that I'd love to see is Frontier now to do an AMA and do a proper AMA and not just keep answering, oh, we can't talk about that or soon TM or whatever. Just,
6: <laughs> yeah. These things aren't going to happen, are they?
4: Yeah. I mean, just a genuine AMA where we get to, like, like you just said, like the anatomy of a And why was this certain decision made? Why, you know, just basically ask them not to justify in some kind of entitled way, but just because we're interested to, yeah, t- to yeah. know what kind of goes on. It
6: would help to understand.
4: It, it really would. But I don't, and going back to what Cal was saying, I just don't see that level of communication happening other than plying them for the drinks at Leifcon and, ho- and hoping you get lucky. It's difficult because we are, in effect, just customers. And yes, we've been engaged with the with the, with the company and there may be a sense of entitlement. But I don't know. I, I would just like to know more detail about things that goes on because I think by revealing the detail... That's how you start to rebuild confidence in the processes.
0: Oh, he had better not, Ben. Anyway, um, well, I'll just quickly go through, uh, quickly around the room. Um, basically, I just want to know whether or not you do feel that the um, the community is too hard on on the developers. So just a quick yes, no, and why. 30 second answer at the most we'll start with uh souverine
3: no because i feel like the uh frontier don't engage with the community over a over a um a particular uh problem that they have and therefore the community because they don't feel they're being listened to become more vocal and and it and it degenerates like that in a cycle until it's rudeness and it could have been and if it was addressed and if if people's gripes were addressed earlier it wouldn't, you know, it, the, the the air of positivity wouldn't be lost. Is is my take on it?
0: Okay, uh, Commander Kurgel. Uh,
3: I
5: don't think the community is too critical because I think it's mostly a reflection of how passionate the players are about the game. And I don't. I think if they if they were so disinterested in it that they wouldn't voice their complaints or where they think things could be improved then you've got no market have you so definitely i think criticism is good
6: um alec i think generally we're okay i i think in the week after a patch we're probably too critical and um, just in inter- not just critical but you know ab- abusive as has been mentioned it's, it's patch week, you know, and week after patch week, it'll, it'll calm down and, and
0: the stable levels of feedback are, are fine, I think. Uh, Commander uh, Obsidian Ant,
7: yeah, I think generally the community is absolutely fine in what they're saying, there's reason for it and there's cause for it. I think individuals on the other hand can be a little bit too harsh, I don't think people really think about what they're saying or care about what they're saying, it's it's two different things. And uh, another issue aside from that, uh, if ever Frontier released an update, like, or any update, really, regardless of whether it wasn't positive or negative, and that very same day or the very next day, there was absolutely no threads about it on the forum, no threads about it on Reddit, or no videos on YouTube, then I think that would be the time to worry.
0: <laughs> uh, Commander Ed Idleves.
1: I think we're too harsh on the developers because, as has been said, they're human beings too. And they are such passionate, such nice people. And my developers are mostly including the CMs, the testers, everyone working at Frontiers. Um, we're, too, we're too personal, and some of our attacks against them. Uh, death threats against Sandra Smarco, for example, is. That's just all. It's unexcusable. That's disgusting. Yeah. On the other hand,. Are we too harsh towards frontier development as a company with what they do? No, I don't think we are. But it comes from a place of love.
0: Mm, okay. Uh, Commander Psycho Cow.
2: And if they were to sort of do any of those five points that I've just listed in <laughs> my ten-point scheme, that would solve all the problems. What, Sorry. Oh, sorry, I was still. I was still I was going.
0: Still were thinking. you still going?
2: <laughs> are we too critical? No. Uh, are certain individuals? You know, it's one of these things where you say, you know, guns don't kill people; people do. Um, you just kind of think, no, oh, it's still. You know, there's still dicks that will kill people. Therefore, there are still people who are going to take what should be criticism and make it abuse, and uh, they're always going to be arseholes no matter what. So, um, I think the community in a whole are still showing a passion when things don't quite go their way, and it's important um, to have as loud a feedback when things do go their way and are awesome, and as much as it is to have the negative feedback. So, I don't think we're too negative. Um, I think maybe there's just some very loud voices that are getting uh, an unfair... Um, amount of coverage because they're shouting the abuse louder and therefore, you know, they get the attentions easier you know, it's easier to sort of, you know if you've got a new product to sell all you got to do is uh, set fire to a small nation and um, your product will be on the front page
0: You mean someone who goes on and on and on and on and on Okay, Commander Shan, What is... Sh- so it's like I'm going to leave the the final point up to you.
4: Um, I think in general, yes, we are too harsh on Frontier developers in the people. So that echoes what Ben said. However, I absolutely believe we should, as customers and as um, people who care about the game, hold Frontier to account for some of the in action, that has resulted in um some of the effects within the live game i, I think and yes and i'm banging on about it but there's there's people who do the result and they're passionate and i think we are too harsh on those generally but there are certain things that i think we should say why hasn't this been done explain this because it's our time that we're investing in this game, and it's our money that we invested in the game, and we just need to know it's it's under the care of a careful steward, not someone who's abdicated responsibility.
3: Hear, here, great point.
0: Right. Well, um, that wraps this this up for um, for this week this uh, this uh, discussion. Um, we'll <laughs> we'll have to uh, move on. I mean, there's been a few. Community corner things here. Um, I mean, first thing we'd like to highlight is Obsidian Ant's video, obviously, um, which was out early in the week about what went wrong in the September update. Um, that seems to be quite popular at the moment, isn't it?
7: Yep, uh, definitely I enjoyed it. Quite a lot of people watching that, quite a lot of comments as well. And I don't, it's just interesting looking through the comments on that because they're not overly uh, unbalanced, if you know what I mean. You get a good mix of. Perspectives from all over the place.
0: Who put the thing about the VR chat anaconda in? Uh, that was me. Go on, Shan. What is it? There's an application, or a, a, I don't know, an
4: application, or a game called VR chat, which is almost like a. a it basically what it says on the tin. Basically, you would choose an avatar in um, in this VR chat lobby, and people design various surroundings for people to meet and chat and stuff like that. And um, this particular commander who has earned enough points or respect within the VR chat community Mm. to design uh, their view of an anaconda interior. So you can walk around in VR and chat to fellow people inside an
0: anaconda in VR. Sounds excellent, actually.
5: It looks amazing.
0: Um, And, uh, uh-oh. Oh, Oh, I'm scared to even read this one out. Um, What's this? about a free anaconda bobblehead you can only get at Hutton Orbital. <laughs> <sighs> Please, no. See you there, Tuesday. We've had enough.
4: Yes, there are arcs. It's zero arcs. It's, it's, it's a thousand arcs outside of Hutton, but it's zero
0: arcs if you land at Hutton. Okay, we will just point this out because the amount of grief I got for suggesting that there's a free anaconda bar next to Hutton Orbital, or they (laughs) should put one in, I got basically roasted for that. So, no. But I thought this um, anaconda bobblehead head was your idea, Colin. Oh, don't you dare try and pin this one on me. (laughs) You sods. I have... have (laughs) This has nothing to do with me, honest gov. Now, um... Finally, do we have any um, other final business that people want to just quickly talk about? Yes, I was going to say very quickly um, how great... Nothing about a bobblehead.
4: No, 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 well, kind of. But have you noticed <laughs> how decorative and how detailed the new paint skins have been, like the racing ones on the Mambas and the Cobra ones? And that if future paint skins are of that kind of quality in terms of
0: variation and design, I think we're in a treat. Yep. Oh, is that is that the ones with um, basically look as if you've you've been out clubbing every night and you've got basically neon coming through your hair?
4: Well, I thought, yeah, I thought the current one looked like a space version of Grand Theft Auto Vice City, you know, in the in <laughs> Miami Vice and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, because they have changed the, the the way in which paint skins are generated and rendered, which makes they, means they can make them much more... Um, detailed. In fact, they can actually make them asymmetrical now, because previously they had to be symmetrical because they did half of it, and that was then flipped over and you did the other half. But now, if you look at the Mamba one, you've got a different set of writing on each side. So, yeah, I think it's really got going to town on these paint skins.
0: Obsidian Ant, you've got a final point to say?
7: Very, very quickly, just briefly looking at the forums there while we're uh, chatting. Uh, we talked about early on the meta-tanks on the ARK's website, where Frontier yeah, they've accidentally left the buildings tag in there so uh, players can customise their buildings with ARCs. Uh, I think it was you, Colin, that was going to suggest maybe weapons? Yes. Yeah, they've also incidentally apparently moved the reference to weapons. Interesting. Mm, so maybe maybe it was weapons, as you were thinking.
1: <laughs> Hang on, Ant. I'm just, I've am just i refreshed that page just now. Okay. Yeah, so it's just saying ships, SRVs, and fighters, but buildings has gone too now. Buildings and weapons. Yeah, they've both gone. gone.
5: So. See, Both of those were still on the page when we started the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, someone's been listening. <laughs> they were. <laughs> <What? Ooh>. Hi, Zach! <laughs> <Dad. inviting. laughs> on, on that point... <laughs> Good night, Zach. On that point, though, um, if you remember back to the original Alpha and every single release where somebody scans through the installation files, there were things like Thargoid and Ferdiland's bar back in Alpha and Gamma. That's never come to light. So... As much as it's nice to um, assume that these are a sign of something to come, and it can be an indicator that there's something that's at least being considered, it doesn't mean Jack. Shit <laughs> Completely
7: of... true. Yeah, after all, don't forget there was uh, beginning of the year, end of last year, there was those uh, videos, weren't there? That funny accidentally left in the. Was
0: oh, uh, that the thyroid um, models?
7: No, oh, it was the uh, video files of um, it seemed like. Oh yes, oh yes. I was, uh, where there was some we never about. got anything Things come of that yet we've yeah, we never on. got anything based on those at all did we? Unless they're literally working two or three years ahead mm. which is possible.
0: it is one thing to consider oh the amount of debate that we had over mission packs that have never occurred oh it's such a shame I guess that's it for the moment. So we'll give our usual shout-out. So um, a shout-out to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30 GMT, or British Summertime at the moment. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, but no arcs yeah <laughs> check out CQC for discord me slash elite dangerous CQc <laughs> so we'd just like to thank everybody who has chipped in in the twitch chat and everybody who's been flying around uh, live station um I've been following the chat live station as well nice to meet you all thanks for all the the friend requests um but that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com at laveradio, uh, tweet us at Lave Radio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you've got any questions or if you'd like to uh, if you've got a subject you'd like to dis- us to discuss in the future episode. Uh live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh eight thirty and streamed out at Laveradio.com slash live. Uh normally we have a um Galnet News uh which will follow this. Um, have we got a Galnet news this week? So yes, so that's the uh, Garnet news by the most excellent Commander Witherspoon. So, um, thanks to our panelists and guests. So, thanks to Obsidian Ant.
7: Yeah, thanks for having me here. Cheers. Thank you, Alec Turner. Hi. <laughs>
0: um, of course, uh, glad glad to have you both here. Um, thanks to Ben. Thanks to Kergel. Thanks to Psycho Cow. Thanks to Shan, and thanks to Sovereign for joining us during this. Uh, uh, interesting discussion. And until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
8: CalNet News Digest, 24th of September 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, sponsored by ARCS, the easy way to buy cosmetic enhancements. Pain in the ARCS. Powerplay leaders endorse ARCS. Pilots Federation applies sticking plaster. Shipskin switch surprise. Theo Acosta makes learning to drive easy. Pain in the Arcs. The Pilots' Federation has been accused this week of pushing Arcs like their onion head, with a free Thargoid bobblehead to get commanders started on the Arcs store habit, with tiny amounts of Arcs given away to members as they fly around the galaxy. Links to the Arcs store have been installed in three different places on the system boot screen, in the main menu and in station services, and are designed to stick out like a sore blue thumb. Commanders requesting permission to take off receive a new automated message from docking control. Have you remembered to buy some arcs? The Pilots' Federation is also experimenting with strawberry and bubblegum flavoured arcs. A spokesperson for the Pilots' Federation rubbished claims that it is acting like a drug pusher, pointing out that the points of sale for ARCs have all been coloured an unobtrusive blue to make them all but invisible to underage commanders, and that anyone buying ARCs must provide their name, address, credit card details, bank account number and PIN, to allow the Pilots' Federation to confirm their age, and also to allow the Pilots' Federation to empty out their bank accounts. The spokesperson observed that if commanders don't have any money left, they can't spend it. She also added that market research has shown that the bubblegum-flavoured arcs do not appeal to younger commanders, and that the flavour is intended for a more sophisticated palette, which means commanders who played the original elite, whatever that is. Power Play Leaders Endorse Arcs A correspondent claiming to be Archon Delane has uncovered a new range of advertisements for the Ark's cosmetic currency. Six of the Powerplay leaders have endorsed the use of ARCs and will be appearing on Holovid billboards throughout the galaxy. Lee Yong Ri, Zemina Torval, Ashling Duval, Pranavantal, Denton Petraeus, and Edmund Mann will appear in the advertisements, and are believed to be receiving a hefty payment in return for their endorsement, although they deny that they have been forced into this move as a result of declining interest in their powers. Mann is the only head of a superpower to take part, with Hudson and Lévinie Duval declining to cooperate. Archon Delane, Felicia Winters, and the semi-retired Yuri Grom are also not taking part. The advertisements are expected to appear just as soon as the ark store remains stable for more than a day. Pilots Federation applies sticking plaster. The Pilots Federation have rushed to fix some of the problems introduced along with the Ark's cosmetic virtual currency. So far, they have managed to fix black adder's kiss of death when mining the problem with engineering modifications seemingly disappearing from stored modules, and commander stats are once again appearing in the Codex. More fixes will come soon, along with the welcome opportunity to download a multi-gigabyte new version of your ship's flight control software. Ship Skin Switch Surprise A couple of intriguing oddities have been found in the galaxy this week. Commander Reaper reports that the Diamondback Explorer's Salvage Black paintback has mysteriously turned grey. And Commander J has found Davstott's secret workshop, the unscannable, invisible Celestial Performance Core. It's believed that trying to make the hamsters run even faster may have made the workshop show up on some scanners. Theo Arcosta makes learning to drive easy. The new Pilots' Federation Driving Instructors tutorial makes learning to be a commander far more accessible than ever before. Let's hear him introduce himself. Welcome to Morton Dock. Uh, Make yourself comfortable
3: while we finish some preliminary ship checks. My name's Theo Arcosta, and I'll be running your Pilots Federation evaluation. Most pilots assigned to me earn their license, so as long as you follow my instructions, you'll be a commander in no time.
8: Arcosta handholds you through every step of his tutorial, teaching ship maneuvering tips and tricks, basic combat and navigation, culminating in Commander's first hyperspace jump. It's completely safe because he takes control to make sure you can't possibly do anything silly like crash into the star at the other end.
7: Technology has made the task completely between star systems appear trivial. Never let the simplicity distract from the marvel humanity has achieved.
8: Arcosta makes sure you use minimum supercruise speed as you leave the star and head towards your destination. The new Commander can be heard gasping with wonder at the beauty of the galaxy. What a wonderful introduction to the vacuum of space.
7: Congratulations, Commander. Your evaluation has been successful, and a license is being assigned
2: to you as I speak.
8: Fly safe, Commander. And that's this week's Galnet News. Don't forget to buy your ARCs at all good online stores now.
4: If you have no ARCs, you're a nobody.